We will kick off today's episode with our guest speaker pitching why you should listen to our podcast and follow our journey. Let's get started, folks. For someone like myself, I had no idea, you know, getting out of high school and entering college about uh, renewable energies, uh, such as like, you know, the wind turbine, the, the solar energy. Um, and like the work we've been doing, I've learned so much more and it's, it's really been uh, uh, enriching my experience with uh, renewable energies. Welcome to an episode of Young Entrepreneurs with the Green Earth team of Southern Illinois University Carbondale. We are a cross-university team of young, innovative minds positively impacting the landscape of SIU Carbondale through promoting and installing clean energy. Here, we are highlighting our team's activities and impact through our members, sponsors, and supporters, as well as discussing a new, interesting topic. So buckle up, because we are driving to a more sustainable future. Today, we have a special guest, one of our team members, Itro Nero. Itro, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, yes, uh, thank you for having me here. My name is Ichiro Panero. I am from Florida. Um, I currently go to Broward College in Florida, and I'm actually studying to become an electrical engineer. I'm actually finishing up my uh, associates and plan to transfer to university for my bachelor's. Awesome. I know I'm excited to have you here today for us to talk and just learn more about one another mainly about you. Um, but before we kick off into anything green roof related and technology, um, you have any interests, any hobbies, fun facts that you would like to talk about for a bit? Um, sure. Uh, it's, it's been hard to really keep track of my, uh, or track of the usual hobbies I used to have before COVID, but um, I guess now, my most recent hobbies would be, I guess, working out at home, uh, spending time playing games uh, online with my friends, um, and also just like studying in my free time, maybe programming a little bit, um, you know, things like that. Awesome. What kind of games do you play online? Um, funny enough, I don't actually play a lot of uh, like the mainstream stuff, like so first-person shooters, I'm not too big on that. I usually play a lot of, uh, like, single-player stuff. Like, usually uh, when I'm with my friends, like, I'll just be playing. And, like, we'll all each be doing our own things. But uh, it's really, it's a really calm environment, being able to just play and, like, talk with one another. Because it's, it's, it's there, like, as in with the pandemic, you don't have that in-person interaction anymore. Um, so to answer your question with the games, uh, I guess one game I played recently that was uh, that I really liked was uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. It had a really good story behind it. I've heard that's a great game. Cool. So diving into Green Roof, um, I know we had an interesting way of getting connected through one of our team members, Edward Barkatoris, who we spoke about earlier in the show. Um, do you want to talk a bit about how you got to know Edward and how he introduced you to the team? Yeah, so um, I think I ended up meeting Edward like a few years back. I actually forgot, um, dang, how did I forget that? 
I, I mean, I'll probably remember later, but I do remember that it was my, was it junior, you know, senior year. My senior year, I ended up, uh, we were just talking again, you know, I, I ended up sending him a message. He sent me a message back. He was like, oh, hey, you know, you're about to graduate. Uh, what do you want to, what are you majoring in? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to major in electrical engineering. And he was like, oh, really? You know, uh, I have a friend that uh, is doing a really cool project, and I think you should you should get into it. And maybe I could see if uh, you could you could work in the in his uh, project. And so I think uh, at the summer uh, after I graduated, I ended up getting introduced uh, to you, Nelson. And, uh, you know, we had the interview. And uh, I got into the team and, you know, from there, that's, that's basically how I got into the, the green roof, really. Also, I remember we were talking that summer, two summers ago now, it was such a long time ago. Yeah. And yeah. just brought all of this, like, enthusiasm to the call. Of course, like, online calls, Zoom calls, it's hard to make it fun, hard to make it, you know, use word vibe here. Because when you're in person, it's like easy to like you have that feel, that touch, just like that in-person energy. But I remember like the way like you spoke and the way that you <clears throat> showed great interest in the project and in the field and the technology, <clears throat> that just blew me away. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, it was, you know, even then, like it was it was 2020 and you know, we had a pandemic going on. It was a first for everybody, really. Almost definitely. And that's just a few months into the pandemic and we're still here more than a year down the road. Continue with the Green Roof team. What was something that um, inspired you to join the team? So after being uh, introduced to you guys and the team by Edward, I actually... Um, well, it, it was, um, since I was doing electrical engineering and I actually started working with um, the Arduino during that same summer, I ended up uh, seeing the green roof as a way to like improve my skills in my field or like at least get a, a glimpse of what uh, engineering could be like, you know, because uh, most of the people in, in my major, at least from how it seems, these are people that have grown up or like spent years knowing that they were going to be engineers you know and uh, in my case I was gonna I was gonna go for computer science you know I grew up thinking like oh I'm, I'm never gonna be uh, an engineer and then ironically enough I ended up uh, switching majors at the at the last minute and I went to uh, I went to become an electrical engineer <clears throat> That's really, um, that's really what inspired me to get into the green roof, really. Just wanting to learn more about the field and, and to better my skills in it, you know, Meet, meeting more like-minded people as well. Definitely. I know that's my favorite aspect of the team is everyone, we just all came together, different fields, different experiences, different backgrounds, and just all begin meshing together, bringing our own perspectives in and from there just being able to build that common vision 
So is there anything, anyone from the team that you got particularly close with or talked the most about? Or any fun stories with that person? Um, all right, uh, yeah, there we go. I was gonna say, um, man, there was, there was so many people, there is so many people to be honest. Um, I guess one interesting, I mean, I don't want to keep throwing it back to, to you, but uh, it was probably, it would probably be you. Um, I would like fun or funny moments. And we had a few, we had a few of those at times. I guess the most funny one would be uh, when we were doing uh, the winter turbine. Yes. When it was uh, you, uh, Alex and I were on the Zoom and uh, we, were, we were trying to set up the, the wind turbine with the pie. Or the anemometer, that's what it was. We're trying to set up the anemometer and uh, we were having you spin it. And uh, you, you know, you had to you had to sit there spinning it, spinning it, and then we were trying to see which wires went where, and then you know, a lot of a lot of troubleshooting that we had to, to conduct. But I thought I thought that was pretty funny because it was just like you were just there spinning it and you're just like, oh. Is it is it changing or not? You know, because we were looking at the serial monitor if uh, if there were any values that were getting uh, inputted. Definitely, I remember so that. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, definitely, I remember that evening pretty vividly. I think Steven was here also, and it for everyone listening, like just imagine two college students just sitting at a table, sp manually spitting a wind sensor, hoping for the number to change. Definitely, that was a great, great memory. I know. I remember for a long time. I know Stephen Mo too. Turn Stephen, who I believe we had last week. He he remembers um, when he was soldering the crimson the wiring for the battery connection, and he had so much trouble with it. And honestly, he probably has PTSD from soldering now, crimps. Uh, yeah. But you know, I'm happy that you're building a lot of great connections with everyone. This is a good chunk of the team. Um, do you want to talk a bit about your relationship with Alex? I know he's been playing a big role too, especially on the team and not you. Yeah. Alex, I ended up meeting uh, like a few, actually a few months before I met you. You know, it was, man, everything like fell, fell together, yeah. Um, but yeah, Alex, uh, he was actually the one that introduced me to the Arduino. And uh, you know, he actually was, uh, he actually was going to send me, uh, I think he, I think he sent me a few kids, but um, I ended up learning basically everything or more or less a lot about the Arduino and how to program it, um, you know, all the things I could do with it. Um, and I learned more about electrical engineering because uh, Alex is, uh, I don't remember what he is now but he used to be a CNC machinist. And uh, for the longest time, like in his own free time outside of it, he used to do a lot of uh, work with the Arduino and uh, Pi and a few, a few things that are like really close, re uh, closely related to electrical engineering. And I think even now he's going for uh, an electrical engineering uh, degree. So that's, that's pretty cool. But um, yeah. He's, he's really like taught me everything and, and really, you know, took me around to like 
everything I could do with uh, electrical engineering, not just with the Arduino, but like with the Pi, with different microcontrollers. I even uh, I even worked with some of the the other ones that he gave me, which is like the particle argon and photon, which is a uh, it's sort of like an Arduino, but it's um it's part of like the new tech that's coming out. That's called IoT. It's Internet of Things. So think of like an Arduino, but it doesn't need the the wireless adapter to be wireless. It's just um, you can program it wirelessly. You can control it with your phone. So um, yeah, it's you know really cool tech, and you know there's there's just so much you can do with uh, with all these things as an electrical engineering major too. It's it's crazy. Sweet. So with uh, IoT, does it use, do you know if it uses Wi-Fi for the connection or has its own signal yeah. or IoT? Um, IoT actually focuses. Well, I don't want to say you know. I'm gonna say well, like from my perspective, from what I've heard and what I've seen so far, because I know my my university, the one I'm planning to go to, it uh, it's one of the first few here I think that's offering a, a degree in. It. I think it, it had its uh. I think it released like last year as well. It was the first year it was out. But um, basically IoT, um, it or Internet of Things focuses on Wi-Fi connections and uh, hardware. So like think of like smart cities, uh, smart houses, uh, you know, controlling things with your phone wirelessly, things like that. Um, it's, uh, I know that they were trying to implement, or I don't know if they have already, but they're, uh, they're trying to implement IoT into the cars now, where they'll communicate with each other wirelessly. And uh, that's also leading into uh, the self-driving cars. That's the, that's sort of how they want to set it up, where cars can communicate with each other wirelessly, but also um, drive uh, by themselves, like, no like you can be in there and you don't have to drive like it'll just drive manually for you and it'll also make sure that you don't uh crash into one another on the street so it's it's gathering a lot of data it's it deals a lot with sensors sensors and then the data being sent wirelessly and then running code based on the the data it gets that's um that's sort of the gist of it i guess at least from my perspective that's really interesting. I know a few weeks ago, a few of us were watching a webinar about addictive manuf additive manufacturing with electric vehicles. And that was one thing, one topic we were discussing was how do you help improve the engine and performance of EVs in um, autonomous vehicles? Because I know that they have cruise control and then the newer cars have the adaptive cruise control that has the sensors you see the car in front of you or vehicle and it can just speed accordingly but there's always those few moments where it's you're driving a bit too fast comparatively to the car in front of you then you have that st sudden stop and I know for myself that uh it's not the best feeling in the world but yeah. integrating IOT then can help that communication gap and help say hey the car in front of you it's saying that it's beginning to slow down. Maybe we should be in slowing down too, so we don't have a sudden stop, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. 
Um, do you know anywhere else where IoT has been implemented? Um, man, it's uh, a good question. IoT, um, I know, I, I want to say a company that I, I heard was going to try to implement IoT was uh, Amazon. I think Amazon's been working with IoT. Because I think IoT as well, uh, it has uh, basically, it's like physical objects that are embedded with sensors. And so they'll have like software in it. They'll be able to uh, process a lot of that data and exchange it with other devices and systems over like the, the internet or other communication networks. Um, yeah, so I just, I just saw right now. Yeah, so Amazon has uh, on its AWS thingy, they have IoT services for industrial consumer and commercial solutions. So um, yeah, it even brings uh, artificial intelligence and IoT together to make devices more intelligent. So uh, you can create models in the cloud and then deploy them to devices where they run two times faster compared to other offerings. And um, yeah, they also, uh, that's another thing too, is that with IoT, they're also bringing in uh, cybersecurity. Because if you're exchanging a lot of data, there's a chance that people could uh, hack into it as it's going to be sent over Wi-Fi or like wirelessly, you know. So um, that's an another thing that IoT is bringing is the, the cybersecurity field. I think that was uh, it's pretty interesting where it's it's all coming together. Awesome, definitely. I'm excited for the next ten years. Like we're gonna have a great growth in technology development, more so than I would say even the last ten years. Yeah. Yeah. So connecting with the greenery, how do you um, how do you see the impact that we're making? towards the future and seeing the development of technology grow? I want to say um, it's, it's a great, it's a great um, project really, you know, um, even for the, even for the team as well, like for all of us, like we're all learning new things. We're all um, learning more about renewable energies. We're all, um, you know, being able to, to at least gauge or see um, the impacts that uh, green roofs could have, uh, you know, in our environment, in the ecosystem, uh, or like, you know, uh, with the wind turbine as well, it could be a new form of, uh, you know, we can start even installing like more wind turbines, micro wind turbines, and uh, using them as like a way to generate electricity. Um, right now like we haven't i, I would i would uh, i would say we haven't like completely uh, like made a strong foundation yet but with what we've had and what we've done it's um it really helps emphasize the importance of renewable energies and it it basically paves uh, the path uh, for like the future of those renewable energies like the importance of them Definitely, I couldn't agree more. And then you have that social side also of powering students to go into those fields, perhaps. Yeah, exactly.
So I know that we talked a bit about how you got into electroengineering and how the Green Roof team is helping you to practice those skills, but also meet others like-minded. Um, do you want to <clears throat> talk about any specific technologies or software that you've been hands-on with? Um, really, it's been the, my most main one, my primary one would be the, the Arduino. Were there any like cool projects that you worked on? Um, in the green group team or outside that got you interested in it and how, how it made you feel? Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, with the, with the Arduino, I'd say I did a lot of things uh, with it during the, the summer. And uh, one, one thing I remember making was uh, I, had a, I had an old art box I made in 3D art class my uh, my senior year and um, when I got the Arduino kit I saw that they had a, a sensor and I didn't know what this sensor was I didn't know what it did but uh, as I learned more about the Arduino and like all the parts it came with I found out that that part was a ultrasonic uh, sensor so um, I started learning how to program that then after I learned how to program it I ended up implementing that ultrasonic sensor into my uh, art box. And the art box had an opening on, uh, on the top. So I also grabbed another part, which is uh, a servo motor. So then I put the servo motor inside the box and I, uh, I taped it up and then I had connected a uh, servo motor and the ultrasonic sensor to the Arduino. And where this is going is basically um, I programmed the ultrasonic sensor to, to detect and run a certain line of code when uh, something's like in front of it at a certain distance. So um, when, I, uh, when I implemented that, I also programmed the, the code that it runs, basically moves the servo motor up or down. So the way I had it set up was the art box. If I stuck my, my hand in front of it or if I was gonna like put something inside of it and as long as it's within range of the ultrasonic uh, sensor, it would open up the box and then I'd be able to put anything into it. And maybe about, uh, let's say two, three seconds, it'll close back and uh, it'll remain neutral again. I would say that was uh, that was one of the interesting ones I did. Um, another one that I that I that I would say my hardest one would be when I was uh, working with an IR receiver. It's the infrared receiver. This one I actually I was gonna use the remote that came with the kit, but I actually found my old uh, PlayStation Two remote. Like it was a it was the one that like like an actual like TV remote, but it's just for the PlayStation 2. For some reason, I'm guessing, because it's also uh, infrared on the serial monitor, when I was prototyping or messing with the, the IR receiver, I got to see uh, every time I pressed the button on the PlayStation 2 remote, uh, lines of code would pop up pertaining to each of those buttons. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. 
And I figured out that I could create cases in my Arduino uh, code where if I pressed certain buttons, it would run certain lines of code so I could do multiple things. So another cool thing I, I did with that or I added on to it was uh, I added an RGB LED and those you could put like any value you want. You can make it red, you can make it green, you can make it blue, orange, green, anything. Um, and so with the, with the remote, I made it, I set it up where if you pressed, let's say the square button, it would make the RGB LED go purple. If you press the triangle button, it would go green. If you press circle, it would go red. And then if you press the X, it would go blue. So that was simple, but then I decided to add another thing onto it, which was the, what was it? The uh, seven segment display, like a, a one, one digit seven segment display. I added that onto it. So it can only go up to, it goes from zero to nine. So the way I updated my code or upgraded it was uh, I had it set up where if I put in, if I uh, pushed like a number on the remote, the, uh, the seven segment display would display that number. And then if I pressed enter uh, for each of those numbers from zero to nine, it would run uh, code that would change the color into, um, into a specific one that's within that code. So like if I, like I had it set up where it was like, um, Zero could be uh, green, uh, one could be red, uh, two could be, uh, you know, aqua, you know. And uh, that one was really complicated because it took up almost all of my, uh, it took up almost all the uh, Arduino IO pens. And uh, I also had, uh, I, also, I also had to uh, troubleshoot it a lot of times because you know it's funny um, I bring Alex into this too because I had to ask Alex why my code wasn't working because it seemed like it works but then uh, it wasn't until he checked it out that it does work but the problem is is that on one of the pins for the Arduino it has a timer and if you use that pin and you also uh, run code the timer um it gets uh let's say i guess it's, i guess the 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 best word to uh use to describe it would be like it gets intercepted so it doesn't run properly so um i had to actually switch i think it was a pwm pin yeah one of the pwm pins had a timer into it that uh it does its own thing but it also runs code so um I had to switch it to another pin. And then after I switched the pin, that's when it worked. So um, yeah, and I, I remember I spent like, I mean, I spent like at least a good three days or four days trying to figure out that all I had to do was uh, switch the pin. And normally you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that um, unless like, you know, you went out to like look up online. Uh, or like actually read the documentation of uh, the Arduino. So that was uh, 
I'd say I learned I learned a lot through that. That was a pretty cool uh, project. Um, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of cool projects, a lot of cool different like sensors you're working with. And like yeah. each one has like their own like uniqueness and own challenges. You know, yeah. <laughs> some some of the biggest advice I got in the past year was anytime you work with a new tech anytime you work with a new technology, read the manual. And oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that person cannot be more right. Like it's just more about understanding that basic before you go in, dive in and begin to dev, do some dev work and change it up and modify it for how you how you want. Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Drew, I think we're coming towards the end of our chat today. Um, is there anything else you would like to talk about before we close out? Um, nope, nope, not, uh, not really, not particularly. Cool. Well, before we go out for today's episode, would you like to pitch to the audience why they should continue to listen to our journey and follow our story on social media and the podcast? Yeah, so um, to the audience, I would say really um, the green roof, you might not know too much about it, but if I, you know, from my perspective, it's it's a really great uh, experience. Um, and, you know, just by watching us, even though you're not, you're not here with us or like you don't see us doing um, this in person, there's so much... Uh, there's so much to be done with renewable energies and you can learn so much uh, like about every, every type of uh, renewable energy. And not only that, but we also learn a lot more uh, about ourselves, you know, how, how we tackle each problem, um, different ways of uh, thinking, you know, different perspectives. It's, it's a really good experience and, you know, everyone, everyone's learning. Everyone's always gonna be learning something new. That's the, that's the best thing I could really say. And with that, we conclude our episode of Young Entrepreneurs with the Green Roof Team. Special thanks to your sponsors, the SIU Research Park, Energy at SIU, SIU Sustainability Office's Green Fund Grant, the University Innovation Fellows, CH Electrical, Entertech, RAS Coatings, AES Solar, Sprag Supply Group, H&F Visions, Silvix Forestry and Nursery, Nether Chance Studios, Climate Economy Action Network, and many more. And please visit our website for more information and follow us on social media. Stay sustainable, folks.